He's the man that carried our sorrows. We saw him with that cup in the bag. I'm glad that Christ carried our sorrows. It's made to be sin for us who knew no sin. Then last week we saw Boaz, man from Bethlehem. He was the man who cared for strangers. And I'm glad, thank God, that when uh, I was an alien from the commonwealth of Israel, knew not the Lord, neither the things of the Lord, I'm glad that while I was yet a sinner, according to Romans chapter number five, Christ died for us, amen. And I'm glad that Jesus cared for sinners, cared for strangers. Now, anytime you announce 1 Samuel 17 is your text, Typically, we know what's going to be preached on. We're going to typically preach on David and Goliath. That's what happens in 1 Samuel 17, David and Goliath. But this morning, I'm more interested in a side story. There's about in any Bible narrative, there's the main story, but there's almost always a side story. Sometimes the side story gets overlooked, but it's pretty good. And there's a side story here uh, in 1 Samuel 17 that I believe is pretty good. The Bible said, verse number one, now the Philistines, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to the battle and were gathered together at Shukoth, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shukoth and Zerah and Ephazdamnium. I say thank God for places like Michaelville, <laughs> East Yancey, Pensacola, thank God. Let's look at verse 12. We're going to skip a little. Look at verse 12. Now David, where was he at? He was the son of the Ephraite of Bethlehem Judah, whose name was Jesse. He had eight sons, the man went among men for an old man the days of Saul. The three eldest sons of Jesse's went out and followed Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons that went with the battle were Eliab the firstborn and under the Abdemadab and the third Sham. David was the youngest. The three eldest followed after Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we would ask the Lord this morning, God, that you'd touch, help, Lord, the service today. God, I pray that you'd make our mind clear. Lord, uh, I pray, God, that you'd touch hearts. Our desire today is to bring you glory. Lord, if you'll be glorified, everybody in here be helped. And so I pray, Lord, for just a few moments this morning, that should help us to bring you glory. Do that now as only you can. We'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So we've met Benjamin, man from Bethlehem, carrier of sorrows. We've met Boaz, a man from Bethlehem, cared about strangers. This morning we see that David, David was a man from Bethlehem. And this morning, I want to preach a little while on how he cared for the sheep. <laughs> a man from Bethlehem, 
that cares for the sheep. Now, we know that David, of course, is later and going to be crowned king. As a matter of fact, the apex of the chapter that's before us is that David slays Goliath. But what we'll see is that David, in his older years, he writes, and when he writes Psalms, what does he talk about? More than, more than being a king, he talks about being a shepherd. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm glad I know a man from Bethlehem that according to John chapter number 10 is the great shepherd and the chief shepherd. And I'm glad that he's the shepherd of my soul. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this morning, I'm not going to introduce you into anything new this morning. You're not going to walk out the back door and say, wow, that... Boy, Bradley really dug some things out that I never had thought about before. That's not the kind of service this is going to be. But what I want to do for just a few minutes is just brag on my shepherd. I like that sheep there in the 23rd Psalm when he said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not walk. And I just want to brag on the shepherd this morning and say, Thank God I'm glad that I know a man from Bethlehem and he is a shepherd that cares for the sheep this morning. And I'm glad he's been taking care of me. I'm just going to give you three or four things today and uh, just try to mind the Lord this morning and pray that the Spirit of God would touch our hearts. I want us to notice three things about David as a shepherd that we see here in uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. And we'll liken them unto Christ, the man from Bethlehem. Number one, can I say to you this morning that David was passionate about being a shepherd. Now, if you'll study your Bible, you'll find in chapter number 16, a big thing happens to David. In chapter 16, David is made Saul's armor bearer. And uh, he's called upon to play the harp when uh, Saul would have one of those demonic fits and have one of those evil spirits and uh, he would have one of these crazy spells. David would go in and play the harp. All of that happens in chapter number 16. And so David has been elevated to a position in the king's palace. Uh, for most people, what they'd say is they'd say, well, uh, I'm never going back to the shepherd's field again. Uh, I've been elevated to a position in the palace. Uh, here in the palace is where I'm going to stay. I'm going to serve the king. I'm going to live the good life. Uh, but we see here here in chapter number 17, uh, that as soon as David had an opportunity, uh, what did he do? He left the palace uh, and went back home to Bethlehem, a little no-name town, uh, and he got out there in the woods, in the wilderness, in the fields uh, of Bethlehem, uh, taking care of the sheep. Uh, you know what that tells me? That tells me that of all the things that David did, uh, he was most passionate about taking care of the sheep. As a matter of fact, David will become king. But his greatest, his greatest psalm that he wrote, I think we could all agree with this this morning, that the greatest psalm that David wrote was the 23rd Psalm. And what was it all about? It was all about the shepherd and his care. Thank God for the sheep. Can I say to you this morning that our man from Bethlehem, the Lord Jesus Christ, he is passionate about what's going on right here 
at the Concord Baptist Church this morning. Can I say that we are the apple of his eye. That is the church of the living God. As I preached on Wednesday night, we have been baptized into his body. I'm glad to report to you today that he is interested in the sheep that are in his pasture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The longer I serve in this thing, the longer I serve God, the happier I am that the Lord got a hold of me and put me in his pasture. I thank God for the Baptist or anybody else got a hold of it. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what I'm interested in for Concord Baptist Church. Let me tell you what I'm interested in. I'm interested in that being exactly what the church is all about. Us just being his sheep and being under his, uh, being under his loving guidance as a shepherd. That's my desire for the church. I, I know what I preceded us a few weeks ago on the difference between preferences and standards and convictions and all of those things. And I believe that 100%. But like I told you on Wednesday night, on that Wednesday night, if we're not careful, our standards become our God. Let me tell you what the church needs. The church needs love and compassion. I believe that. And I'll tell you where I learned it. I learned it from a shepherd that's loved me even when I was unlovable. I learned it from a shepherd that cared for me even when he shouldn't have. Let's just all drop our little religious facade this morning and be honest. God had not to care about any of us. Every last one of us that on our best day, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But I'm glad to report to you this morning that we've got a loving shepherd and a caring shepherd and a passionate shepherd and he cares for every last one of you regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've been into, regardless Regardless of your failures, regardless of your faults, I'm glad our shepherd is passionate. Thank God for the man from Bethlehem. I said the man from Bethlehem. Hey, hey. There's a lot of talk, but probably not anybody in here. What I'm fixing to say probably going to be foreign to everybody, but somebody online, it might resonate with somebody that watched it one day. There's a lot of talk right now, and there's a documentary out, and a lot of talk about the independent fundamental Baptist movement, and a lot of talk about Jack Hiles, and a lot of talk about Hiles Anderson College. But I'm gonna tell you, I didn't get in this thing because of Jack Hiles. I didn't even know who he was. I'd never even heard of him, hey man. I didn't, hey, I didn't get in it because of some college somewhere. Hey, all I'm interested in this morning, listen to me now, is the Lord, and he's a loving God, and he's a good God. He don't take advantage of people, hey man. He don't hurt people. Hey, the Lord is a good Lord. And he's passionate about being your shepherd today. Aren't you glad that you're in his field this morning? Oh, my. I could preach all day just on that right there. I'm glad this morning that the Lord is my shepherd, thank God. And he's passionate about being my shepherd. Let me say this to you. Not only was he passionate about being a shepherd, he left the king's palace to do it. I say to you this morning that David was not only passionate, but David was a provider. Look what the Bible said. The Bible said, David fed. David fed. Oh my, look at verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul. Why? To feed his father's sheep. Oh, he could have stayed in the palace 
But David was interesting and pro- interested in providing for those sheep the food. <laughs> Oh boy, and you just have to hang on just a minute. I may get undignified, but that'll be all right. Can I just say to you that the 23rd Psalm, uh, we see the manner in which we say the 23rd Psalm, we see the manner uh, in which our shepherd has is providing for us. Uh, can I say to you this morning, I'm glad uh, that our shepherd provides. Uh, hey, I'm a glad he's a, hey, I'm a glad he's a providing shepherd. Uh, what has he provided? Well, he provides for us a relationship. Uh, how the Bible said, uh, the Lord is uh, my shepherd. Uh, hey, is there any more sheep in the building? in the day. Hey, anybody else in here that can claim that and say, oh, thank God. I'm glad that the Lord he is my shepherd. He's a personal shepherd. Hey, he's my shepherd. Hallelujah. He's provided for us a relationship. What religion could not do and that it was empty and that there was, it didn't have anything to offer. I was thinking about that this morning when I was teaching on the, a woman there at the, that, at the well that we were learning about in John 4. She dropped her empty water bucket. It was a picture of religion, empty religion, and she left it behind. Why? Because she'd met the man from Bethlehem, and he'd filled her heart and soul with something that the world could not offer. I'm glad today, thank God for the day, that I got saved and got filled up with something that the Baptists couldn't give. I got filled up with something that the brethren couldn't do. I got filled up with something that's real one day. I said, thank God I got a relationship with him. What a relationship. What a relationship. Hallelujah. I was telling somebody before the service, uh, this morning I was coming down here to the radio and preaching on the radio and I got behind Travis and he's in his patrol car. Of course, all of you know me and Travis, we've been friends since we was big. And uh, I was following him out of uh, your Wilson Road. Uh, I was saying, boy, Travis is driving slow. Uh, I was saying, he's late for work. Because uh, he was, he should have been checked on at 7. It's about 7.30. Uh, I thought he's, uh, boy, he must have overslept. Uh, and we got down there about the fire department. And he pulled off the fire department, turned his blue lights on. I thought, what in the world is he doing? I thought, well, I got to get to the radio station, but I better stop and see what's going on. Uh, I stopped, check on him. Uh, and he was uh, having severe chest pains. Uh, and just, uh, just gasping for breath. Uh, he said, I believe I'm having a heart attack. Uh, I think something's bad wrong. Uh, but scared me to death. Uh, he said, I think I'm dying. Uh, I thought, my own. No, 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 no. Uh, he's got a lot of history of, uh, uh, you know, uh, heart problems and whatnot. And so I said, let me run in here and I'll holler on the radio and get you some help. Uh, I ran in there. I didn't know what to do. Uh, usually in a situation like that, uh, I wish it comes to an emergency of some sort, I'm, I'm a pretty good fella to have around. I, I know who to holler at and what to do and how to take care of it. I, I tell you something I'm learning. I, when it's somebody's real close to me, I, it's different. I, I did the same thing a few years ago. My dad fell and bust his head. I run around like this right here, didn't know what to do. And uh, usually everybody's looking for me, figure out what to do. I just run inside. I thought, man, I got to calm down. I, I got to think through this. I, I got to do the right thing. And all I knew to do, I, I was walking in there and looking for a radio. I said, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. I grabbed the radio and boy's got a little calmer and was able to talk on the radio and take care of a few things. What are you trying to say? Just simply this. I'm glad I had a relationship. I'm glad I didn't have to call no priest and say I got a problem down 
here. Would you contact the throne room on my behalf? I'm glad I didn't have to get nobody out to bed in order to get a hold of God for me. I'm glad somewhere, hey, I was just able to whisper a little prayer and say, oh, God help. God help. And boy, he did help. I said, Lord, I'm glad he provided for me a relationship. I didn't know how this would go, but I think it's going to be all right. Provided for me a relationship. The Lord is my shepherd. But then he provided for me a rest. He said, I shall not want. I got a rest from wants. You say, preacher, do you not want for anything? I'm going to be honest with you. Rachel is yet to buy my Christmas gift. And she'd been after me for a week. She said, what do you want? I said, I don't, I can't think of anything I want. She said, no, now tell me, what do you want? Well, I can think of one thing, Billy, but it's too expensive. (laughs) Amen. One thing. I said, I really don't, and that's the truth. Now, you don't talk about a blessed life. Listen to me now. Come on now. How many of you have to have to agree with me right here? Uh, you got everything that you could need and most everything that you'd ever want. I mean, everybody rode up in here in a good vehicle today. Has God been good to anybody else but me? Yeah, you got plenty of food on your table. Uh, I'll tell you, spend money for Christmas that you don't have not even be spending, really. Uh, I mean, you're going to buy junk people ain't even going to want just because you got that much money that you can buy junk people don't want. Uh, I'm just simply saying, uh, we're blessed, blessed, blessed. Look around you this morning. Look at all these little ones running around here in a little while. We'll turn them loose. They'll be like a bunch of wild Indians running around. Some of you older folks, you like get out of here before that, that wildness starts. You say, well, I don't know about all them kids running around in church. Hey, listen, leave them alone. Amen. Leave them alone. Amen. Let them run and play. Hey let, them, hey, let them look forward to coming to church yes, to see sir. their friends. Yes, That's exactly right. I'm all for it, 110%. I, I'm for it. Don't you come talk to me about it because I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'll put you in your place. I'm for it, 110%. Let them youngins run around, have a big old time, and love coming to church. Yeah. Hey, if we can inspire them little old youngins when it gets, when it, for them to say, hey, when's church time? And then I love it. I love it when I see these parents carrying them out and they're crying because they don't want to leave. I'd say that's teaching them pretty good about how to love the house. I say I love church. I just look around us. So look around. Look how blessed you are. Look at all these little boogers sitting here. Little old kids sitting everywhere. I mean, every one of us is fuller and a tick. Come, hey, come in here this morning. Most of us needs to go on a diet. Amen. Eating too much. Anyhow, hey, April brought a cake to our house this week to gain six pounds. My goodness. I'm just here to say we're all blessed. We're blessed today. I'd say he's been providing. I shall not want, he said. He said, I shall not want. I'm not wanted for anything. I'm not. I tell you, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. All oh, my old flesh every now and again gets the thing about this, that, or the other. That, that's not want. That's not even, that's not needs for sure. And it's not even really a want. He, re, he, he, he provides from want. He rests from want. He provides rest from weariness. And the Bible said there in the 23rd Psalm, he maketh me to lie down. I'm glad there remaineth yet a rest for the people of God, according to the book of Hebrews. You know, uh, I'll say this. I tell honor here. 
Yesterday we'd went and helped get Rachel's all her rooms swapped around, changed over. We got back to the house and she said, we ain't got nothing to do this evening but rest, right? I said, well, she said, that's what I'm going to do either way. (laughs) She laid down there on the couch, son, spread a blanket out. I said, let's watch a movie. I tell you what, I turned on. I turned on Ernest Saves Christmas. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ernest Saves Christmas. That's a good clean movie. Not a, not a bad word in it. Ernest Saves Christmas. That's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's way too dumb for Rachel. She wouldn't watch it. You know, before they even got off that, you know, that first scene when he gets off the freeway and that, in, the, in, that, uh, in that taxi cab before he even got off the freeway. She's already going. <laughs> and she rested. Matter of fact, she rested to bedtime. And then she moved resting places. Sometimes, hey, you ever just been wore out? I was Summer this morning. I said, how you doing? She said, I'm killed. I've worked. I forget how much she's working. She's working too much. You got to slow down. I learned to say no. Sometimes you got to rest. Amen. Kick back, rest. But you know, I'm not talking about physical rest. I'm talking about spiritual rest. Yeah. How many of y'all feel like emotionally and spiritually you're wore out? Stretched both ends. You know where you get rest from that right here? Huh? 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 Church hadn't ought to be a place where you come feel all cramped up and got... And y'all tense and don't know what's going to happen or what nobody's going to say and your stomach's all in knots. It ought to be a place where you can come and sit down on your pew and go, whew, what a week. But if I can just sit here and hear from him, if I can just get a little encouragement from the Lord, whew, I can have a rest. Hey, I'm glad every now and again I can be stretched to no end. They took Travis's blood pressure this morning this high. I thought, don't put that cup on me. They ain't no telling what mine is right now. <laughs> Through the roof. I sat down in my truck and I got down here Sunday something. Can anybody else with me something about walking through the back doors? Just pull up in the parking lot and you walk through the back doors, it's like I made it back to church, hallelujah. I believe I can make it. And then you get set down in your pew and the choir gets to singing, Lord, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. And you get thinking, boy, ain't that the truth? And then the Holy Spirit will take your mind back to the day you got saved. And all the wonderful blessing, then first thing you know, you run your little Baptist hand up and then let everybody know that the Lord's the best thing that ever happened to you. Sometimes you come in here in the service, get to going real good, and them old tears go to flowing down your face. I'm just simply saying resting. And you know what? For an hour, you ain't worried about what's going on with Israel or Hamas or what's going on at work or what's happening in your family or what the troubles are uptown. For just a little while, you're able to take a break from all that. And the good shepherd said, come on around and you can rest. I say, thank God, I'm glad that he provides a rest. Rest from wants. He can provide a rest. I got to hurry. 
Not only does he provide rest, but he provides reliably. Look at verse number 20. Watch this right here. Good grief. I got to hurry. Look at verse 20. Look what he said. And David, now, Jesse has sent him down to the battle, but look here. And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper. Now watch it now. Hey, aren't you glad the Bible didn't say right there that David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep alone? That's what his brethren accused him of when they got down there. They said, who have you left that little flock with? But see, David had already made preparations and he left them with the keeper. You know what the Lord said? The Lord said, I'll not leave you comfortless. He said, I'll come unto you. I'm glad, thank God, Jesus may have sinned it, but the person of the Holy Ghost descended and he lives inside of every believer and he seals us under the day of redemption. And when we think we can't go on anymore, we're reminded of the reliable provider that's in our life. So the Lord, we see he's passionate. We see he's providing. But then David was a protector. Let's look down verse number 34. Of course, you know the story. David goes out there. He looks at that big old giant and he says, uh, why is this uncircumcised Philistine being allowed to flaunt the armies of Israel? And he tells Saul, he said, I'll go take you. <laughs> Saul looks at him and says, you? You're just a ruddy old teenage boy. What possible credentials could a boy like you have? He said, let me tell you what I've been doing for the sheep. David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. Let me time out right there. I like that word kept, don't you? <laughs> he kept them. I like that right there. I'd preach Thy servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. Let me point out just a couple things right there. Number one, the presence of predators. Anytime you got sheep, you got predators. Let me repeat that. Anytime you got sheep, you got predators. And their desire is to take a lamb out of the flock. Did you know the desire of the predator this morning is to just get one of y'all. If he can just get one, just take one lamb out of the flock. If he can just, if he can just pull one away, one that's injured, one that's sick, one that's out there on the edges, if he can just snatch one away. <laughs> But look what David said, verse number 35. And I went out after him. <laughs> now, I want you to ask, you, I to ask you something. I just think about, use your brain this minute. Who's he talking about? He's talking about a bear and a lion. But here's what he said. He said, I went out after him. Makes me believe David probably knew that behind it all was Satan. He said, I went out after him. What did I do? Smote him. 
delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Look at verse number 36. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. What are you trying to say, preacher? This is what David said his father's sheep were worth to him. He would slay a lion. He would slay a bear with his bare hands so that the, that the lion couldn't get the sheep. <laughs> Reckon how good our man from Bethlehem is protecting us today. Amen. I'm going to close with this right here. Several years ago, and I've told this before, several years ago on a Sunday evening, I was here at church. And that evening, Travis had called that night and he said, your white dog's loose and you get home, your white dog's loose. I said, okay. I thought she'd got loose. She's like Houdini. She asked, I have to keep her tied because there's no end to where she'll go. And she had pups at that time. She had 11 puppies. Travis called, said, your white dog's loose. I said, okay. He said, come by your house. And he said, I heard a, I heard a coyotes. And he said, I stopped, or a pack of coyotes. He said, I stopped and listened. He said, sounded like they was in your yard. And he said, I rode up there, and sure enough, they were in your yard, and they had them puppies cornered up against your house. And he said, I got out. He said, I didn't have no gun. I got out, yelled, screamed at them. He said, but I couldn't make them leave. He said, they was trying to get to them pups. He said, so all I knew to do was turn mama loose. Now, mama is about 140-pound Great Pyrenees. I'm telling you, she looks like a horse. And he, Travis told me, he said, I've never seen anything like it. He said, when I turned her loose, she ran in the middle of that pack of coyotes. And he said, she was throwing them 10 feet in the air. She said, she'd just grab them and throw them. And them dogs and them coyotes just, and they, they's taking off and she's throw, she just grabbing them and throwing them. In just a minute, no coyotes left. Why? Because you don't mess with a great Pyrenees puppies. Them coyotes learned a hard lesson that day. Let me tell you this. I'm one of the king's youngins. I mean, I've done been washed in the blood. I don't care what you've come in here carrying this morning. There's no force that can defeat you. You are more than conquerors. And I'm not talking some crazy Joel Oldstein stuff. I'm talking spiritually. There is no weapon formed of man or Satan that can defeat you in the power of the Almighty that God has given you. You're your only enemy. You can only be held back to the limits that you allow yourself to be held back today. Why? Because you're a child of the King. You have been elevated above this world where sin abounds, grace does more more abound. He's taking care of the sheep. Our man from Bethlehem, he's a protector from all this world. Let me ask you, there's times I look around at the things that are going on in this world and I think, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? i tell you how I'm going to make it. I'm more than a conqueror. Amen. Through him that loved me. We all live so far below our birthright 
that it's pathetic. We have been bought with the precious blood. We're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold. Those are corruptible things. But with the precious blood, with the precious blood, he has made us more than conquerors. So I don't know what you're facing this morning, but the man from Bethlehem's got the answer. He's got the answer. Let's stand our feet. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us to preach this morning. Lord, would you touch some hearts, God, to some people. There's some people that ought to worship you for the goodness of God in their lives today. They ought to use this, they ought to use this altar today, Lord, as a, a place of worship. They ought to just come worship you for being good. Lord, I pray, God, that you touch hearts across this building, do a work. Thank you, Lord, for being our shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Thank you, Lord, for protecting. Thank you, Lord, for being passionate. God, I want to thank you, Lord, for our man from Bethlehem. Lord, what a difference you've made in my life. God, folks here that are facing things, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd come help them, Lord, to claim the fact that they're more than a conqueror, that they're able to excel. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd do, Lord, in our midst as only you can. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Many of you gather around the altar. There's still room for you today. Preacher, I'm about to go under. Preacher, I came in tired. I need a little rest. Preacher, I just want to come worship the Lord. I just want to come worship the Lord. I don't have to beg you to worship. Worship comes natural to people that worship. Worship, worship. Worshipers worship. That's what they do. You say, preacher, today, oh, the good shepherd sure has been good in my life. I want to thank him and I want to praise him. I want to honor him, glorify him for him being passionate and him providing, thank God, and for his, for his work toward me. I want to thank him for his protection, his protective hand, his protective hand upon me and my family.